It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Giants have said so themselves. They're not necessarily going to make all the additions they need to make through free agency. Trades are a likely route to get better as well. So we're going to discuss some realistic trade scenarios and much more next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, a lot of different topics I want to get to. Uh, We've got a big deadline tomorrow that I want to discuss, the tender deadline. And are there any non-tender candidates on the Giants? But also some other topics that we're going to tie in with, with some mailbag questions. The first one coming from Mr. Smart ASS, who asks... Who are some realistic trade targets? I don't think filling all holes via free agency is realistic. And I think that you're right. And I mean, it could be all through free agency, but in terms of is it possible that they go other routes? Definitely. And look no further than Farhan Zaidi himself saying something to that effect. He basically said, look, we want to get younger, more athletic, and free agency is not necessarily the best way to do that because kind of by definition, guys who reach free agency have been around a long time. And I've looked at all the top free agents and the average age is like 33, 33. And so, you know, that is not necessarily the best way to get younger and more athletic. There are certainly some guys, you look at a Carlos Correa, who's only 28. Obviously, Aaron Judge is his own category of player right now. But Trades are certainly a possibility as well. And so it's hard for me to name you all the possible trade candidates because in theory, like everyone's available for the right price. But the best kind of way to do it is where do teams have a have an abundance? Are there teams that have a big surplus? And are there players who are approaching free agency on bad teams? And so that's kind of where I start. And some of the players I've come up with, the Diamondbacks have a little bit of an outfield crunch. And we know from watching the Giants play the D-backs that a bunch of their outfielders are so athletic. Their athleticism impacted games against the Giants every time, seemingly. And the Giants would love to get pretty much any of those outfielders they have. They have a they have too many. Like they've got Corbin Carroll, who's a top prospect. They're not going to trade him. They've got Jake McCarthy. They've got Dalton Varsho, and they've got Alec Thomas. 
and some others as well. But Alec Thomas kind of stands out to me as possibly the odd man out there. And he's got, you know, quite the pedigree. He's considered a pretty darn good prospect. And he could certainly be someone who could be available to a team like the Giants. Now, would the D-backs want to, you know, help the Giants out in that way? Probably not. And if they got a similar offer, I'm sure they'd rather move him to another team. But uh, just wanted to mention the D-backs have an abundance of super athletic and young outfielders worth monitoring. And then how about the Blue Jays? They've got an abundance of catching talent. We've been talking about them quite a bit with Danny Jansen and uh, Alejandro Kirk and Gabriel Moreno. They've got three like really intriguing catchers. I would believe that Danny Jansen is, is a guy who could be dealt there. And speaking of the catcher position, this is not like an impending free agent, but at on the Oakland A's, like they're so bad that anybody who's got any talent on that team and is somewhat in the realm of getting close to reaching free agency, uh, you think about moving them if you're the A's. And so Sean Murphy, he's the guy I'm talking about, thinking about, (laughs) combination of thinking and talking, uh, but he could be out there as well. And yeah, I mean, this all... Obviously, the Giants have some catchers like Joey Bart and Austin Wins specifically. And so if you were to acquire a catcher, it would certainly create some complications there. And then you would have to trade one of your own catchers. And then in terms of players who are like closer to free agency and are on bad teams, how about Ian Happ on the Chicago Cubs? I think he makes a ton of sense potentially because he's entering his last year of team control and the Cubs aren't very good. It could be that they're kind of planning a hopeful surprise run in 2023, but I think that they're probably not going to be good again in 2023. And Ian Happ is a very intriguing option. He's a center fielder. He can play the corners as well, but he can hit. He's a switch hitter and he's been good defensively. And so I really quite like Ian Happ. And then the mother of them all in terms of a good player, approaching free agency one year away is Shohei Otani and we've talked about him a lot but you asked like realistic trade scenarios the Angels have said we're not trading Shohei Otani I just you know they said that about Juan Soto not the Angels but the Nationals said that about Juan Soto two months before they traded him so you just never know if that's going to change but those are just some of the names that I've kind of thrown out there but again in theory pretty much anybody can be a trade candidate so the next question comes from Action Joe, who says, what's the plan on the bullpen? Are we going to sign some people in free agency or trade for arms? And this is, you know, it's kind of a similar question here. Like, is it just free agency or is it trades? It can also be, I mean, like there are going to be a bunch of guys who are non-tendered tomorrow and the Giants have been pretty active in that market. And it's probably not the answer that a lot of you want to hear, but I believe that the ultimate plan in the bullpen maybe sign a couple of like somewhat established, I mean, established, but somewhat name brand names for the bullpen. But uh, otherwise, it would be a lot of kind of under the radar type of moves. And just keep in mind, while that strategy led to huge regression in 2022, it also led to them having the best ERA in the major leagues out of the bullpen in 2021. And so bullpens are just really up and down and volatile. They also made some moves towards the end of the last season to kind of uncover some arms that I think will be significant factors for them in 2023. 
For example, Alex Young, Scott Alexander, who's arbitration eligible, and uh, he was really good down the stretch. And he's a, he's one of these guys, right, where you just – he was really good. He had some injuries, and then he kind of fell off the radar. But then, you know, he signs with the Giants while he's rehabbing, and then he just surfaces again and is really effective. So it's this kind of name where – there might be some reason that their value is down and the Giants come in and it's kind of a buy low and then boom, before you know it, they're one of they're a really impressive looking bullpen arm. Another example is Shelby Miller, who was really good for the Giants down the stretch. And I would imagine they're going to make an effort to bring him back given, I mean, he was absolutely filthy when he pitched for the Giants in the month of September. Also, Thomas Zapucky, let's not sleep on him. He had some command issues at times, but you know, lefty arm, just power stuff and uh, has pretty nice projections and is young and is under team control for like six years. And so, and then internal options as well, right? They were able to develop Camilo Doval, Tyler Rogers, and Mauricio Yovera is in the mix. And there's other guys who were just added to the 40-man uh, roster who could be in that mix as well. So I would expect kind of similar behavior as they've done the last couple years where they've brought in some established guys. You know, John Brebbia was brought in while he was coming off Tommy John surgery. And then, you know, a couple years later, he had a really nice year for the Giants. So stuff like that is what I would see happening. So coming up, in just a minute, is there any truth to the rumors that Farhan Zaidi would rather spread money around versus what I've got over my left shoulder here, signing Aaron Judge? So we'll get to that question in just a minute. But before we do, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? And it's certainly true in my area, pretty much everywhere I've lived over the years. Package thefts are a big deal, and it's one of the re- main reasons that I invested in Simply Safe Home Security. And Simply Safe Home Security right now is offering 50% off, 50%, their award winning security system. And uh, so that more families can feel safe and secure. Important, right? When you've got a bunch of key packages arriving for the holidays this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Why I love it is being able to check those cameras and see everything that's going on around the house, in the house, uh, on a really easy-to-use app with crystal-clear HD cameras 24 hours a day. And in case of an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. It's their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, as promised, more questions and answers. The next one coming from David23, who says, Is there truth to the rumors that Farhan Zaidi would rather spread money around than sign Aaron Judge. And there may be truth to it, but the the thing is this time of year is that you're going to see rumors and almost none of them are legitimate. Like unless it's coming from some of the main kind of reporters out there, there's really very little reason to believe that what you read is true. And like, you know, these comments The Giants will not be, quote, underbid for Aaron Judge that came out of this New Jersey reporter. 
like, I don't know. There's just almost no reason to believe that they actually know something that the local reporters and the major national reporters don't know. Some cases, yes, maybe somebody has inside information. Maybe they know Judge personally. But, you know, people who really care about Aaron Judge, for example, why would they leak that information? I don't know, maybe for publicity, right? And for attention. And so that I just kind of, anyway, there was there was a report that uh, Farhan Zaidi would rather spread money around than, than put all their eggs in one basket. And I think that that's just like common sense in a lot of ways. And the idea is you're not just going to sign Aaron Judge and call it a day. Like something I keep thinking about is that the season that Carlos Rodon just had, if you look at like how well Rodon was able to produce. And then if you look at what is like a projection for Aaron Judge in 2023, Aaron Judge is projected to be just about as impactful as Carlos Rodon was in 2022, Judge in 2023. And so even if you brought in Aaron Judge and you don't like, let's just say for now, let's just say they signed Judge today. I don't think that immediately makes them like much better than they were in 2022. And you might think I'm crazy, but you're missing like one of the best pitchers in the game out of your rotation. And you've brought in one of the best hitters in the game. And those are somewhat similar in value. Obviously, the season Judge had in 2022 was like actually twice as good as the season Rodon had in 2022, which is just incredible because Rodon, like I said, was one of the best pitchers in the game. But projecting to 2023, we don't necessarily expect this 100th percentile outcome for Aaron Judge, while he's still excellent and elite, maybe like he could be half as good as he was in 2022 and still be elite is what I'm saying. So they would still have work to do. So I think there's truth to it in that way. But if the question is, would they rather, you know, spread that? I mean, the average annual value prediction for Aaron Judge is somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to $40 million per year over somewhere, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine years is what people are kind of expecting for Judge. And so is the question, would they rather break that, call it $37.5 million per year into like two players versus putting it all onto Aaron Judge? Maybe, but you're not going to get much for a combination of two players to get to $37.5 million a year. Like the best players are going to cost you north of $30 million a year. You look at, okay, well, maybe Carlos Correa makes some more sense in some ways because he's younger and you know, plays a more up-the-middle position, and you can project that he'll continue to play a more up-the-middle position, well, he's probably going to cost around $32, $33 million a year over a similar number of years. And so you've saved like $4 million a year. So you can't really spread it around in that way. And if we're talking like the total commitment, I'm not sure that that's super relevant. I think the dollars per year is kind of more relevant than saying, they have, you know, it's not like you don't say they've got 330 million to spend that they could spend on Judge and they'd rather break it up into two $165 million players. That's not really how it works because the years matter. Anyway, probably some truth, but also probably not really a reliable source. Whoever said that would be my guess. Next question comes from Joey is daddy who says, when is the earliest Judge will sign? I mean, the earliest would be today, right? He could sign at any point. I'm guessing you kind of mean realistic. today. Listen, I don't think it'll be today. Not a hot take there. But today is the MVP award when they announce it and Judge is going to win. And so, look, is he going to 
leak revealed that he's signing with I mean if it, if he was going back to the Yankees maybe actually but if it was somebody else say the Giants there's no way he would want to kind of uh, go to the Giants and then win the MVP award for the Yankees on the same day and the this is a problem right the MLB offseason is becoming more and more of a problem in our modern world where we all want instant gratification and there's people paying attention on Twitter like 24 hours a day to any rumors that come out. And unfortunately, unlike some other sports, which I don't know quite nearly as well as I know baseball, but their free agency periods are much more uh, of a frenzy. And the baseball free agency period, there's these dead parts of the calendar. And right now we're in one. Usually there's there are some significant deals that happen between the start of free agency and the winter meetings. There are some but it's not a frenzy at any point. And, you know, over Thanksgiving, like right around a day or two before Thanksgiving, and then through that weekend, almost nothing ever happens. Maybe one or two things, maybe, and maybe every few years. But usually it's like nothing happens during that period. And it's understandable. Everyone's with their families and they kind of take a break. And then things pick up again as we get to the winter meetings. And so in terms of when is like realistically the earliest I would expect Judge to sign? It's possible it happens between now and the winter meetings, but I would say at the winter meetings would kind of be what I would expect. But there's no reason it couldn't be before then. At some point, there's going to be some major moves probably before the winter meetings. And as of yet, nothing has happened in terms of major moves. We've had some moves, but it was pretty much exclusively, exclusively related to the qualifying offer players. Like we had the players who accepted the qualifying offer. That was news. Jock Peterson was among them. And then we had players who got the qualifying offer and it it spurred activity on in their markets because they're saying, if you don't give me a good multi-year offer, I could accept this qualifying offer. That's what happened with Tyler Anderson. Uh, Anthony Rizzo worked out a little extension with the Yankees after being given the qualifying offer by them. And right now we're in a period where this tender deadline is what's taking up teams attention and so the giants i this is not necessarily answering your question but they have a long history with this front office i guess it's not that long of a history but a consistent history under farhan zaidi of essentially working out deals for 2023 salaries with their arbitration eligible players by the non-tender deadline and that's not a requirement. All they have to say for their arbitration eligible players, and they've got like 10, including Yastrzemski, Webb, Tyro Estrada, and several others. But all they have to say is like, yes, we want you back. But then the salary is to be determined. However, the Giants have consistently come to new deals with these players, often for just the one year. They go year to year, and then they're arbitration eligible again for a lot of them, like Webb and many others. Some guys are in their last year of arbitration, and then it would be the last year of their deal. But anyway, I'm sure that's what they're working on right now, right? They're, they're, they're not ignoring the other guys. It's not like they're just not paying attention to the free agents. They're just simultaneously hammering out agreements with their arbitration-eligible players. And I would imagine we're going to hear several of them having agreed to new deals and we're going to hear that news tomorrow. So coming up in just a minute, more questions and answers, including about the difference between last offseason and this offseason in terms of players being able to work with coaches and what kind of a difference that can make for the Giants, who seem to be hurt by that almost perhaps more than any team. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But before we do... 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, which I think you do, uh, you can find those at BetOnline as well. MLB offseason odds, one of my favorite things, as you well know by now, to look at at BetOnline to kind of track the the trends. And we've been talking about Aaron Judge's line a lot on this show in terms of BetOnline has them as the favorites to sign Judge if he leaves New York. They also had the over-under on his contract. But but they've got odds on these other free agents as well. Carlos Correa, Jacob deGrom, Carlos Rodon. And so we should really discuss those guys more moving forward, and we will, and you can check them out for yourself. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, it's where the game starts. All right, as promised, more questions and answers. Uh, the next one coming from Cobert Gobert, who says, how do you think not having a lockout and collective bargaining agreement negotiations this winter will affect the Giants' players' development and MLB as a whole? Numerous times, both players and analysts pointed to the lockout as a potential explanation for a player slash team's poor performance and rust. And I think it definitely could have an impact. But I also have to say, like, the Giants weren't unique in being affected by this. And somehow they, like, the Dodgers didn't have a bad season with rust, right? Because they had the same detriment you know they they also couldn't meet with their coaches and use team facilities and all that so it's kind of a cop-out in a way I've used I'm not making excuses for the season they just had but I have said in certain players cases like for example Brandon Crawford who totally remade his swing prior to 2020 had a good season at the plate that year it was a short season questions were like is he going to be able to carry that into 2021? He absolutely did. He was a monster at the plate, which was new for Brandon Crawford. He finished fourth in MVP voting, which is incredible. And then in 2022, he just flopped. He was back to his old self, below average offensively. And some of it possibly, maybe even likely attributable to not being able to work all offseason long with the coaches that helped him remake this swing. There was also the departure of Donnie Ecker, to the Texas Rangers. So I don't know. But, you know, other teams didn't seem to have nearly as much of a problem as the Giants did. Maybe that's because the Giants, more than other teams, are kind of reliant on their coaching staff to get the most out of players versus just having, you know, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner, guys who are just extremely talented without needing to kind of change everything about themselves, right? They just are that way to begin with. So perhaps, right? Perhaps it could have an impact. And for Jock Peterson, I mentioned this the last few days as we've been talking about him being back with the Giants. I think it helps him because I think they're going to make every effort to make him, you know, have him come into camp in the best shape of his life and be better defensively for the times when they need him to play in the outfield, which will be at sometimes. They're not just going to only DH him. And he has a track record of being okay defensively. And so He's only 30. He'll be 31 in 2023. He should be able to get better defensively. And so I think having, you know, him having the access to the coaches and the facilities over the offseason is just an example of a player who could benefit. And last year they didn't at all. Peterson didn't have a team period until March. And so he could, even if he 
even if there was no lockout, that may have been a problem for him. But yeah, having him sign early perhaps could help him. Next question from Swervo, who says, will will be a big move like Correa or Turner come before Judge does? Will will a big move like Correa or Turner come before Judge, Judge does? And do you mean for the Giants or do you mean in general? And I'm asking you this question, but you're not <laughs> you're not there, so you can't answer. But in general, Carlos Correa is a Scott Boris client. Aaron Judge is not. Trey Turner, I actually don't even know if he, I don't think he is a, a Scott Boris client. Scott Boris clients generally can be the ones that drag on the longest. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but kind of off memory, the guys who drag into like January, February, even March tend to be Scott Boris clients. But like I said, I think that at some point, something's got to give. And do you want to be like the last one standing or do you want to go first? And I could see like if a compelling deal is made, sometimes going first can be not such a bad thing. I think you don't want to be necessarily left out. And so going last could be the biggest risk. But also if you are last, sometimes that can create the most desperation out of teams that missed out on the other guys. So somebody's going to budge, right? At some point, the the dam is going to be broken a little bit and the floodgates are, that's what I meant, the floodgates are going to open and we're going to start to see some activity. It's been unusually slow. Like it's always slow, but it's been even more slow than, than normal. So Correa, Turner, Judge, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Like we don't know what Judge's priorities are. Some of these guys might just want to get it done and be settled, but that you know they also want to make sure they get the most money they possibly could and get every, you know every team to get their opportunity and then it ultimately comes to a resolution so hopefully we'll see a few at least major signings before the winter meetings but then there's always a lot of activity at the winter meetings and it's hard to predict who will go first judge is kind of in a class by himself in terms of he's the only elite outfielder Brandon Nimmo really good but Judge is in a class by himself in the outfield whereas these shortstops it's a good question in terms of Correa Trey Turner Xander Bogarts Dansby Swanson when you all play the same position that can make it a more interesting dynamic in terms of where do you want to go first second third fourth and might be good to kind of jump the gun on the market if you're getting a satisfactory offer Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to be getting more into these moves that are sure to come tomorrow. There's also the possibility and perhaps even likelihood that you could see some kind of extensions. We saw it with Darren Ruff last year where they buy out a couple of arbitration years and in exchange, they kind of add another perhaps team option at the at the end of the deal. So a lot of activity going to happen tomorrow. And across the game, it's not just the Giants dealing with this. We could see major non-tenders like perhaps Cody Bellinger even. And then would the Giants be interested? So we'll get into all of that more tomorrow. Thanks again for making Locked On Giants your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.